88.7 since 1974. This is WRSU-FM, New Brunswick. Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Friday crew, WRSU, Dennis Geisler, Eddie Kalegi. We got the we got the little crew today. <laughs> well, it's not just the little crew; it's the sail of Theseus. Crew. Ooh, so close! Ship of Theseus. There you go. Okay, there we go. Close <laughs> enough. <laughs> Ship of Theseus Friday crew. If we have a completely different uh, group of people, <laughs> is it the same crew? <laughs> is it the same day of the week? Even. Let's talk about Rutgers sports. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a good place to start. Rutgers women's soccer. Uh, they. Got a draw yet last night against Minnesota at home in the elements at Yursac Field. That was a game that was scheduled for 7. They moved the start time up to 5 because of the weather. It was a game where Rutgers had a pair of leads, but two equalizers from Minnesota, and ultimately it's just a single point for the Scarlet Knights. And right now they sit in 4th place in a 3-way tie for 4th in the Big Ten which is significant because the top four teams are the ones who get to host in the opening round of the Big Ten tournament. So Rutgers is on the brink of falling out of that, and it's really tough because the Scarlet Knights have played so well, but two crucial draws recently, the one against Northwestern on the road against and the 29th, this tie with Minnesota, and of course their loss, their only loss of the season on the road against Penn State back on September the 22nd. So Rutgers has struggled at times in Big Ten play last night, it felt like at first they were going to be in the driver's seat of the game when Riley Tiernan scored really right away, but then Minnesota was able to answer back and sort of suck the life out of the Rutgers offense, and they just kind of seemed downtrodden by giving up the equalizer, and then uh, ultimately Rutgers was able to score at the start of the second half. Minnesota answered again, and no other tallies on the board, and that's how it ended 2-2. Two to two. Also, Megan McClelland uh, set the... D1 and NCAA records for all-time minutes played by a collegiate goalkeeper, men's or women. She's been the starter since she came on the banks as a freshman, and now she's in her fifth year because of the COVID year. So uh, overall, not the worst performance for Rutgers, but against a team like Minnesota that's at the bottom echelon to the Big Ten, right now holding the eighth and final spot in the Big Ten tournament, uh, that's they would have wanted to get the win. They'll take the point, but I think they wanted more. Yeah, and it definitely, as you mentioned, puts Rutgers in an interesting spot where they only have three more games left in uh, Big Ten play, and those are home against Wisconsin, at Michigan, and then at Michigan State. Uh, And I should mention that Michigan State and Wisconsin are two of the top teams by record in the conference right now. Michigan State is undefeated, and Wisconsin is 5-2, and I will say that Wisconsin's two losses have been their last two matches on the road against Penn State and Northwestern, who are on paper the two best teams in the Big Ten other than Rutgers. And so another road matchup against Rutgers, you'd have to assume Rutgers is reasonably favored in that one. Uh, But Michigan State on the road is certainly going to be a test. 
And you do look at it and you say, okay, Rutgers really does have to hunker down here in order to get that home matchup in the Big Ten quarterfinals. It's not a guarantee at this point, and you don't want to fall out of that placement. Yeah, for sure. And this game Sunday against Wisconsin starts at 1 o'clock. We'll have it here on WRSU. I'm calling the game with Yeah, I was uh, going to say you're Giddy. there. Yes, yes, it should be fun. And it's a very crucial game for both of these teams. You mentioned the Badgers have dropped back-to-back Big Ten games. They're currently third in the conference, but a loss could really drop them as far back as sixth in the conference, depending on what happens. Rutgers on the other side at 4-1-2. and two. A loss would push them out of that top four and hosting in the first round of the tournament. And we know home field advantage can be very important. We saw how the fans really came out and supported last year's Rutgers team, both in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament at your sack. So it's going to be a huge game. Also the final scheduled home game for Rutgers this season. Obviously, they're aiming to have more in the postseason. But aside from last night, uh, last night they've been perfect at home. They are unbeaten at home. They just the one draw against Minnesota. So... Uh, it's going to be a huge game for Rutgers. The big thing for them, McClellan played well in goal last night. Minnesota just got through. The Rutgers defense had a couple of breakdowns at times, and there was just a lot of missed opportunities on the offense. The Scarlet Knights should have scored more than two goals in that game. There was one opportunity where Sarah Brocious was wide open in the box about 10 yards away and just couldn't get a straight foot on it and kind of shanked it off to the left side. Another one where Kroger had an opportunity and Tiernan couldn't get the ball to her. So just got to stay a little more fluid on the offensive side. We saw how strong Rutgers was in terms of scoring early in the season. Now, I know that was against non-conference opponents, but kind of have to try to get back to that. The Scarlet Knights have scored one or fewer goals in five of their last six Big Ten games. So going to need a little more offense to support McClelland in this one with a Wisconsin team that knows how to score as well. But being at home, I think, is going to be huge. And I think they're going to be motivated after what happened last night to really try to come through against a top team in the conference on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the sort of thing where you can kind of lay off the... uh, Obviously, they were very impressive to start off the season, all wins, perfect record, going great. Uh, Things, obviously, okay, gut check against Penn State on the road in the rain. You get your loss, all right, that's fine. Tie on the road against Northwestern. Northwestern is a top-five team. They're a great team. They're likely, if you were going to write down like a potential uh, matchup in the Big Ten Finals... Uh, Rutgers uh, Northwestern would probably be the one that you would want to see as like just a here are the two best teams in the Big Ten. Uh, So, okay, whatever. Uh, Against Minnesota, you can't really do that, especially at home. You can't really do that. As you've mentioned, home has at your sack field has been a great environment for Rutgers women's soccer this year. It's also been a solid environment for Rutgers men's soccer. You can't forget that they're unbeaten at home as well, Uh, and they are definitely not uh, no they're not unbeaten at home they're unbeaten at your sack that is really specific i didn't yes. think about that they're unbeaten at your sack i i had to like go through my mind palace on that one because i was like i i remember seeing they were unbeaten at home and then i was like wait a minute the maryland game and then i was like that wasn't at your sack so they are unbeaten at your sack as well <laughs> by technicality um So, I mean, it's definitely been a good environment for both of these teams, and Rutgers uh, women's soccer in particular, they do have expectations of making it to 
the NCAA tournament to getting deep in the NCAA tournament to getting to the College Cup again. And right now, I think you have to say that they are not in a position to make to, to host the entire NCAA tournament up to the College Cup at this point. Yeah, If they can win the Big Ten, like, win out their schedule, excuse me, win out their regular season schedule, win the Big Ten title in the Big Ten tournament, there's a solid chance that they'll end up with a top four seeding if they end up with a win over Northwestern and over uh, Michigan State mm-hmm. and a couple of other teams, uh, Penn State as well. Like, you get a couple big wins in that span, it's like, okay, yeah, you can look at it as a real possibility, but... Right now, they're definitely not in the space for that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. And it's going to be tough these last three games of the season. Like you said, Wisconsin and Michigan State, top teams in the conference. Michigan hasn't had a great year, but they have the tradition of being a great team. And last year, they won the Big Ten Conference at your sack field over Rutgers. So uh, they're definitely going to be a tough test as well. And it's just difficult because... I think really for almost any other team at Rutgers, you'd be completely fine with this performance. But for a Rutgers women's soccer team that has such a high ceiling and has such high expectations with two trips to the College Cup in the last seven years, you know, you you expect them to be really contenders and playing so well each and every time out at your sack field. They've had a couple of stumbles so far this season in the Big Ten, but still time and probably going to be very competitive once that Big Ten tournament comes around in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and you can definitely say, okay, yeah, the the, the it makes sense that there would be a little bit of a fall-off. They lost their best forward, their best midfielder, and their best back all to the NWSL, uh, all incredible fre- uh what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, leaders for the team, I guess. And just like, just great players all together. So it does make sense for this team to just not be as good. <laughs> but at the same time, it's also reasonable to say, okay, where was the team from the beginning of the season? Why aren't we seeing that team right now? <laughs> uh because that team was the one that was scoring basically on a whim uh, any opportunity they had and certainly taking advantage of a lot of much, like, I guess worse chances. I don't know. It, it does feel like, and I would definitely agree that kind of, it's been the execution on the offensive side more than anything else that's been the problem for this team. Because it's not like the talent's not there. The talent to score has absolutely been there. It just ends up being, okay, they've been off sides way too often. Uh, they've had a uh, through ball or a uh, overhead pass just go too far way too often. Uh, they haven't been able to corral a ball into the box way too often. Or even when they do finally get a shot off, the shot is just not on target way too often. And it's a sort of thing where over the course of a match, that counts into one or two goals through everything that they have mis-executed on. And that feels like we've seen it time and time again over these past few weeks. So it'll be something to really keep an eye on going in these last few weeks. I will still say, despite everything, I think this team will still host the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Mm -hmm. They will still host a quarterfinal match. I think that they will probably win that match. 
and then they will move on to Columbus. And at that point, we'll see what they can do because the Big Ten is probably going to have a decent number of teams in the NCAA tournament. Rutgers will almost certainly be one of them. It's just a matter of what, where is Rutgers in that NCAA tournament? Do they have to play on the road at some point? And what kind of road environment will that be for them? What kind of teams will they be playing against? Because you have to remember that last year, they did play against a weird gauntlet of Power 5 conference champions. Yes. But they also were doing that mostly at home. Mm-hmm. They were doing that at home up until the College Cup. So they were in a pretty comfortable spot for most of that. They're not, we're probably not going to have that luxury now. I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, I'm going to need to to dig into the recesses of my memory for how the uh, women's soccer tournament works. It is, it's 64 teams. Yes, I think. I believe so. Is it 64 or 32? I think women's is 64 and men's is 32. I'm checking this. Yeah, not nah, yeah. I'm che- I'm just going to I'm just going to check the the one from last year mm-hmm. and uh get this get this straight in my head. That's uh that looks like two one. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, it is 64. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Now I've got it. Now I've got it into my head. So it's in. It's in blocks of like two games. Mm-hmm. So Rutgers will probably host their first block of games as like a a seeded team. Regardless, there. Uh, it's unlikely they're going to be below the top sixteen in terms of teams. Basically, no matter what they do, as long as they don't like completely fall off a cliff for the rest of the season. Like yeah. they play basically normally they'll be a seeded team there they'll host their first two games they're probably not going to be in a lot of trouble for those first two games the next two games are going to be the big one the round of 16 and the round of uh, eight because that is the one that could be at somebody else's home mm-hmm. that's the one that'll be at the home of whatever the highest seeded team remaining is last year it was uh what's it called last year it was rutgers and so they hosted the round of 16 and the round of 8. But even if they are the two seed or higher seeded than whoever they play against, it doesn't mean that they are going to host the round of 16 because they play those in one weekend. Uh, so that could be a weird road environment for them. Uh, and it could be fairly nearby, but at the same time, you have to assume that it's going to be at least a bit of a distance. Cause I mean, you look at a lot of the premier women's soccer programs in the country, they aren't exactly in New Jersey, <laughs> uh, like apart from Rutgers, obviously. Yeah. So that's the big thing about it is, I mean, if you can secure a top four seed at this point, I don't think it's out of the picture. Mm-hmm. I think that if you win out. You win the Big Ten tournament, you have a serious shot of a top-four seed because there are a lot of good teams in the Big Ten this year. It is not as weak as it was last year. Um, but even without that, you look at being a two- or three-seed, and you probably look at, okay, who's the one seed in our area? Where do we have to send our fans to? <laughs> Where are we going to have to compete on the road against two teams um, over the course of one weekend? And we'll just have to see 
Let's shift gears quickly to the men's soccer team. They played on Wednesday. They had a shutout victory over Stony Brook 2-0. MD Myers had one of those goals. That was also at your sack field. Men's team, as of now, they sit in third place in the Big Ten, a conference record of 2-1-2, overall at 6-2-5, just behind Maryland and Penn State. They've got three games left in the season, starting with this Sunday on the road against Michigan State. Then they host Michigan and finish out on the road in University Park against Penn State. So two of the next three games on the road. Overall, this is a team that I'd say has exceeded expectations, especially with their starting goalkeeper out for the entire season in Oren Asher. We've seen MD Myers come onto the scene as a transfer and play great. Players like Pablo Avila have come back, uh, chose to come back for an extra year, and he's been a key contributor. And Rutgers sitting third right now have to be feeling pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. And this is an interesting spot for the team to be in. Uh, I they're sitting in third. Um, part of that is because uh, Ohio State and Michigan State have played one fewer match apiece. Uh, and they're both at seven points to Rutgers eight. So one draw in the next game for them would put them tied with Rutgers, like approximately. Rutgers also plays their last. This, this is one of the very bizarre things about the Rutgers schedule for men's soccer, which is just kind of how it uh, ended up because of. Uh, there's nine Big Ten men's soccer programs, but uh, Rutgers plays UCLA as their last regular season match, um, which is not a Big Ten matchup yet. Uh, <laughs> but regardless, uh, it will be an interesting road for men's soccer for the rest of the season. There is a serious chance that they themselves will host the uh, quarterfinal round of the Big Ten tournament. Uh, I-, I don't think that's super out of the question for them uh and that would be huge for the team i mean it has been a long long time since this team has won a big 10 tournament game (laughs) and that would certainly mean a lot for the team just to even win that one game and maybe even make it to I I doubt they'd make it to the NCAA tournament. I still think they're a bit outside the range for that. But they're certainly closing in on that. And a couple good performances in the last few weeks can do it for them. Yeah, for sure. And just a great season overall. They played very well in non-conference. They had a couple of draws in games that people thought they could have won. But overall, they've played well in the Big Ten. They had the draw on the road against number 11 Ohio State. Their only loss at home, obviously, we've qualified that. Um... That loss was not at your sack field. That was at the Miller Family Soccer Complex when they moved that game. Uh, so that's their only loss at home. But they and that are was against un- Maryland, yes. who is top ten in the nation. Yes. Yes. I should also clarify for that Maryland is an excellent team, and the fact that they were even competing with Maryland is pretty crazy. Yeah, and the fact that they had a two-goal lead in that game, they did lose it three to two. They blew the lead, but still playing that well against a top ten team in the elements really impressive. So three games left. For both Rutgers men's and women's soccer. Actually, four for uh, Rutgers men's soccer. I forgot to scroll down one more click. They play at home against UCLA to close the season on October 29th. So they have four games left. Women's soccer has three. So it should be very interesting to see how these things shape up over the next couple of weeks. Well, we'll leave it at that. When we come back, it'll be time for some locks of the week. Also going to talk some Major League Baseball postseason and Thursday night football last night, which was another interesting matchup. It was between the Commanders and the Bears. So stay 
stay with us. You are listening to the WRSU Friday crew, Eddie Kalegi and Dennis Geisler on 88.7 WRSU FM New Brunswick and streaming live at WRSU.org. Locks of the week on a Friday here on the WRSU Friday crew. Eddie Kalegi here with Dennis Geisler. We also have Arnav Sarkar here as well on, uh, wait, let me get it right this time. Ship of Theseus. Crew. Yeah, yes. Ship of Theseus Friday crew. Let's go. Wait, why do we call it that? <laughs> <laughs> I am shocked that I actually knew the reference when Dennis put it in the group chat. Yeah, philosophy. I love philosophy. I'm not going to explain philosophy. <laughs> okay. I'll just say... You ver- can Google it. Yes. Right. Uh, for the listeners, very basically, Ship of Theseus theory is basically if you take something and you replace all of the elements that make it up, Will you get the exact same result? Obviously, not a single person who's regularly here on Friday Crew is currently here, so we're doing an experiment, and we're seeing with all the new people if things stay exactly the same. So far, I think they have, and we're sticking to format, which means it's time for Locks of the Week. You'll also hear the uh, thing sometimes called uh, Lock Socks. That's another uh, take on the exact same issue. Good to know. Patch the socks. Yeah. Interesting. There we go. There's there's some there's some philosophy yeah, knowledge. Yeah, Dennis dropping some philosophy bombs on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> now what I'm going to do is drop a good lock because my lock on Tuesday actually hit. I said that the Commanders were going to at least cover the one point spread against the Bears, which they did. <laughs> they sure barely covered that one point spread. Well, that's because the <laughs> legend of Daddy Daddy noticed me, Darnell Mooney, uh, just couldn't come Mooney up with himself. it. Yeah, I'm so mad. I am I am <laughs> livid about that game. I don't want to talk about it at all. I'm so upset. Champagne Mooney was so close, but everything about that game infuriated me. Well, yeah, it was so. pretty infuriating, but I am happy about one thing, and that's that my lock hit. So I have another NFL lock for this weekend. And it involves the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals are favored by two and a half. I think the Seahawks will not only cover this, they're going to win this game outright. I don't trust Arizona. They still don't have DeAndre Hopkins. There is, they are without James Conner this week. They are also still without Matt Prater. So they're going to have kicking problems and they won't be able to run the ball. The Seahawks offensively have the number one scoring offense, number two yardage offense right now in the NFL somehow with Geno Smith. It's worked through the first few weeks, and I I just don't think the Cardinals are going to have enough. I know they're going to be able to score a little bit. The Seahawks' defense is not great, but I think Seattle's going to have enough. I think Geno Smith is having sort of a special year here, and he's fitting well with the Seattle system. And for all those reasons, I'm rolling with the Seahawks to not only cover my lock is that they will win outright and beat the Cardinals in an NFC West showdown on Sunday. I I don't I like it. I like the pick. I don't love it, but I like it. You know I'll what take I'm I'll take you liking it. That's, yeah, that's it's for me. it's it's solid. Like I I I I agree with all your points. I just think the Seahawks are really bad. <laughs> well, like, that's a point, too. That's fair. That's, that's the thing. It's like I, I, I agree with all your points in my head. Like mentally, I'm like, yeah, that's correct. That's correct. That's correct. But the Seahawks are just so bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I still like where you're coming from. Uh, I was I had a lock last because I was thinking, I was I was picking between, okay, yeah, that's what it was. On Tuesday, I was picking between two locks, and I might just give the other one now. 
Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna feel bad about it because I I explained this story Tuesday of what happened a week before then, where I was picking between two college football locks, and I picked one, and the one that I picked hit, and the one that I didn't pick didn't hit. And I was hoping the same thing would happen when I mentioned it on Tuesday. But now, I don't like any of the NFL lines all that much. So I'm just going to go with the other college football lock I have, which... Okay, so to clarify, the one I had on Tuesday was USC outright. And now I'm going to take Clemson against the spread, which is minus three and a half. Florida State's a good team. They're at home. But they're not that good. Clemson is that good. I think people are really underrating Clemson. They're not, like, a great team. I don't think they'll do a whole lot, like, once they get to the college football playoff. But I think they're going to get to the college football playoff relatively unscathed. Uh, And I don't think Florida State's really going to put up much of a fight for them. So, three and a half feels really small for a Clemson team that I think is pretty comfortably going to roll over florida state for this game i don't think it's going to be closer than two scores for most of it Uh, i think clemson will win by at least a touchdown so that's what i'm gonna give i like clemson this weekend to cover clemson is much better than they were last year they they, are much better than they were last year and they're better like in a lot of different ways like they showed they have a really good defense against nc state they really smothered that team Uh, NC State ended up with like 20 points. Most of that was garbage time. The game was over pretty quickly. They showed they had a really good offense against Wake Forest. Wake Forest is an elite offense. They really can get the ball moving. They really put up some points. And Clemson kept up with them in a shootout. Uh, And theoretically, NC State and Wake Forest are better than Florida State. So, I I would agree with that yeah. as well because they both because because Florida State just lost to both yep. those teams and I think Clemson played better against both of those teams and I I don't see why they can't beat Florida State by a reasonable margin. <laughs> well, you know what, Dennis, I don't just like your lock, I love your lock. So Thanks, I, Eddie. Yes. That's I really appreciate that. I like hearing that. So Arnov, let's see if we like yours. Okay, so um, I was thinking about two of them. But I guess I'm gonna have to choose one. Um. So I better not hear anything about the Giants. Oh man! I mean, that, that, <laughs> I'm thinking about. I mean, <laughs> all right, all right. Go Let's hear it. Let's all hear right. it. They're, they're, uh, <laughs> I feel pretty confident after they beat Green Bay that if they don't win, which they very well could, but this might be the one loss in the next. I mean, Jacksonville's good, but I feel like we're probably gonna beat like Houston, like you know, Detroit, like those te- um I think Seattle, and then um probably Jacksonville. We might lose to Baltimore, but I feel like we're gonna keep it really close, even if we do. We might lose by like three. Hopefully, we win. But my luck is we are gonna cover the spread. It's uh, Baltimore favored by um 5.5 points. I think we um probably lose by like a field goal if we don't win. <sighs> I- I'm torn. So. I was talking to one of my friends who's a Giants fan, and I thought he was delusional at the beginning of the season because he said <laughs> that they were going to go 11-6, and six, so now I'm and looking at this. Now it's actually possible. Yeah, so he thinks this is going to be the week that they don't play well because he said this is the first time they're playing against an offense that's like actually functioning. That Baltimore's is offense is really good, but the Ravens have been coughing up huge leads left and right. So I could see the Giants potentially coming back into this game and making it close like they did against Green Bay, but they're not going to get over the hump and win it. So I think it's possible that they close in, but I don't know. I, 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 I What's the line again? Six and a half? Five and a half. Five and a half. I think it's more reasonable that they lose by seven or ten than they do by three. I just think Baltimore is too good this time around, and 
if Baltimore makes this an offensive shootout, the Giants are gonna, aren't going going to be able to handle it because outside of Saquon, there are still major holes just because of the injuries, and they don't have a receiving core. Yeah, I think, like, logically, I look at this game and I say, okay, yeah, the Baltimore's a way better team, and they have just way better players all over the field than the Giants. They should absolutely, like, blow them out. Uh, but I also look at this game and say, I've looked at the Giants for like, or I've looked at the Ravens for years, and this feels like one of those games, and I mean, it happened last week, but they do this all the time, where the offense just kind of sputters for a while, and they don't really get a whole lot going for most of the game. Justin Tucker hits like six field goals, and they end up winning by a last second Justin Tucker field goal. And it's a win in the win column at the end of the day, but it looks absolutely ridiculous and they don't cover. It feels like it could be one of those games for the Ravens this week. I don't know why I have that feeling, but they do it so often. <laughs> so. So, Dennis, I guess the ship. And, of- and, and also, and also uh, I want that to happen because uh, Dustin Tucker's on my fantasy team and I really need points this week. He is but. just automatic. I mean, it, I, what is it, like. 40-something straight field goals he's made in fourth mm-hmm. quarter overtime. It's insane. He's he's too good. I, I, I get so much value out of him and no one else on my team. <laughs> well, guess what? I think the ship of Theseus has sunk because yeah, now what, we actually have someone from Friday What when crew. you go back and put pieces from the original ship back in the ship? Is it is it the original ship? Is it a new ship? I don't know. We need another <laughs> is philosopher it different here. different from the original like a Franken ship. <laughs> yeah. But John Hartnett, one of the regulars from the Friday crew, is here just in time for Locks of the Week. John, give us your lock okay. right now. Right on. <laughs> off the top, off the dome. <laughs> um, Cleveland is winning this game. I don't top, know. Top nine. 2-2. Two, 3-2. Two, We're two. tied. Top nine. Got Clay Holmes on the bump. Three, two, Hol- Holmes is about to end the the, the Extra innings, normal innings yeah. for the Guardians. I don't know any of the numbers. I just walked in. I apologize for my tardiness. I had a meeting with my professor. That's fine. All right. Um, yeah, I can give you a little recap and also for the listeners as well. So early in the game, first. We got, we got short porch home run. Yeah, first mm-hmm. inning. So it's a 3-1 count on Stanton. Mm-hmm. It was ball four. They called it strike th- strike two. The Yankees dugout was all mad. So it's a full count. And then Stanton hits like a Yankee Stadium home run. A Mickey Mouse home run. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Cleveland scored two runs in this game, one driven in by Mets legend Andres Jimenez, the other one a home run by the other Met legend Ahmed Rosario, and that's why it's 2-2 right now. Nice. Both Mets heroes. Yes. As I I say it over and over again, that was the most win-win trade that I've seen. Very even. Yes. Except I want to ship Carrasco's bum, that that, that bum Carrasco (laughs) for Andres Jimenez back. God. Anyway, uh, yeah, Cleveland is winning this game, and I hope they win the series. I don't think they will, but not. you know they they have the lowest payroll in baseball. They're they're all young. I don't know how young they're all. I think like ninety percent of the roster is is younger than twenty seven. Yeah, they're all like kids, and you can tell. You know, they're all they're all fired up. They're all they're all got a bunch of eight year olds out here on the <laughs> uh, out here on the diamond. And you guys, I think they have Jose Ramirez, and then they have like. Brian Shaw or something in the bullpen, and everybody else is like really young. Brian Shaw is still in Cleveland. Either Brian Shaw or Otero. One of them is yeah, still no, on the I, team. Yeah, no, I thought I saw Shaw earlier yeah. this game. One, of, one, of them, one of them is still on the team. I don't remember which one. And Terry Francona always looks like he has to go to the bathroom, but like he's trying to hold it in. Just. <laughs> I gotta see this whenever I see him next. That's so funny. <laughs> but that's my lock of the week. Cleveland's winning this game. It's a lock, I'm telling you right now. 
At least we'll know the results of that. Yeah, we'll we'll know that here. Like, usually (laughs) we'll we'll maybe get, like, the beginning of the game uh, once we get into, like, basketball season. But here we get it, like, while we're sitting here, which is going to be exciting. Assuming this game doesn't go to, like, 15 innings. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland's played a 15-inning playoff game already. We we need the Manfred runner back. (laughs) (laughs) That was was cool to see. How about, out of all the pitchers... So to give that up, it's Corey Kluber. Yeah. yeah so Corey Kluber sent the the Guardians to the uh, the ALDS of all people. How are you on of? Oh, I'm I'm good. I'm looking forward to a great weekend of like college football and the NFL. I mean, we got my Giants taking on the Ravens. That's swell. Eagles, Cowboys, um, Bills, Chiefs, Bama, Tennessee tomorrow. Um, Penn State, Michigan. I'm glad Rutgers is on a bye, so I can watch some of those college games. I haven't really gotten the chance to do that yet because every week I've either been with marching band or here calling the road games. So I'm I'm excited to enjoy some football. So maybe some playoff baseball. We'll see how the Yankee series goes. Yeah. So Amen to that. Good. They can't lose if they have a bye week. True, exactly. That's true. That's how it works. We'll find a way to lose. Yeah, and then we got <laughs> another week for Indiana, and you know, hopefully we'll be able to win that game. So optimism will be building back up. We got a new offensive coordinator, um, you know, Nunzio Campanile. So yeah, Nunzio. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Nunzio. How are you? How are you, Sir Dennis? I'm I'm doing great. I uh, I've been here since like noon. No, I've been here since like one. Mm. Just kind of sitting here. I was on uh, RUE earlier, uh, and then I just kind of have been sitting here for a while. So, yeah, that's uh, that's how it is. On the other side of the monitors, Ed the Shed. How are you, sir? Well, hello. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, that is fantastic. Yes, I've been here since uh, 3.50. I've not been here nearly as long as Dennis. <laughs> I came in. I just saw the seat was empty. I was like, all right, all right, let me run the board for this. And I have been here for six minutes. I'm having a fantastic time, gentlemen. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Yes. 100%. I got a paper due tonight at 11. It is almost done. And once nice. it's done, I'm going to go sickle mode. What does that mean? <laughs> what can you explain what you mean by that? I'm gonna make dinner and just fall asleep. Honestly. Okay. I, I have been. It's been a long th- 13 days. I, fe- I feel that. Boy. I was just really wondering what you meant. Yeah. Because I, like, huh? I, I really thought you were gonna like make some like clear statement. Like when I'm done with this paper, I'm gonna like. Uh, do something cool or sit down and watch football or something like that. It's like, read no, a good go, book. I'm going to go sicko mode. And it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. now, I'm actually going home tonight, so I can't go sicko mode. But, uh, well, actually, I can go sicko mode. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a you know, nice dinner with my, uh, my parents. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe catch the Ranger game. They're, they're in Winnipeg. They dismantled. Oh, yeah. They made the Minnesota Wild look mild last night. Ooh, the Minnesota mm. Mild, even. I'm very, I'm very proud of that. And they beat the greatest goalkeeper in the world, according to our own Alex Carmody and Vasilevsky. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was I, funny. Oh man, <laughs> I don't even. Oh, Carm. Seven three. That's a lot of goals. Oh yeah, yeah. The, they broke up the kid line, but everyone, everyone looks great. Like everybody, Igor looks like Igor. He just had a kid, so he's gonna. Uh, it might be a stat. That's that's uh, you know, it might be a stat uh, that exists, but does not matter. I want to see all types of athletes, and I want to see the numbers. Uh, before having kids, but after having kids, mm. I'm pretty sure the most of them improve. That's pretty funny. There's actually uh, I I'm watching the League of Legends World Championships right now, as you can as you can see, right? oh, yeah. <laughs> like looking at what I'm looking at on my monitor. There's like this really uh, this one thing where the three or four World Championships in a row. One of the players on the winning team had just gotten married like that year, mm. so everyone was talking about the the World Championship wife buff. 
Uh, and I guess it's the same thing <laughs> for like buff. hockey with the 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 kid buff <laughs> having a child. It happens in baseball sometimes too, but I don't think it's nearly as common. Like in hockey, it's especially with goalies. Like I know Henrik Lundqvist got very dominant once he had a kid. Yeah. And Igor's already so he's the best goalie on the planet. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens when. Uh, well, no. What about uh? <laughs> no, and Andre a bum Vasilevsky. I don't, I don't. No, no, no. Swiss che- Andre Swiss cheese. Even though they won the series, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, now is oh. the time to change that. Oh, I I I forgot to ask you. So I was looking at ESPN on their Twitter. And they put, like, their projections of the standings before opening night on Tuesday, and they had the Devils finishing above the does Rangers that, in the Metropolitan. That, that will not happen. <laughs> I am so, Okay. All my... I'm so... I'm, okay, I've been here for 10 minutes. I'm already screaming. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm, I'm happy. I want to yeah. hear you scream more, because actually. Because my roommate... Uh, my best friend, the whole wide world, Kaz. Shout out Kaz. He's a big Penguins fan. And we're going over, like, you know, the, you know, the Rangers... The Rangers... We, we came to an agreement that the Rangers looked better coming into this season than they did coming into last season. Mm-hmm. But it's but they're weaker than how they finished last season. You know, because they lost for Toronto. They lost Cop. Uh, they lost Strom, even though he's a bum. Uh, Nemeth, I think they bought him out. No, they, they resigned him. So, you know, they, they, they made some trades last year that really helped him out. But they're still, they're, they're, they're pretty, they look pretty good. I still think the Hurricanes are going to win the division. I think if you think anybody else is going to win the division, you're a schmuck. I mean, they're just, they lost, uh, what's his name, Trocek, but that's it. I mean, they go, they're go, uh, what's their they name? are kind of crazy. They're just so they have so much forward depth, uh, great defense. Um, I don't know who the goalie is because I know Antti Ranta, another Rangers legend, uh, was the was the backup. I forget. Who, I I'll can, find it real quick. Thank you, sir. Give me a second. Uh, no, the Hurricanes are gonna win the division. Frederick Anderson. Frederick Anderson. There, I should know that. So he's very good. Um, you know, there's a very they don't have a lot of holes. Very good in the power play. Good on power killing. On killing the power play. I think the Hurricanes win the division. I do think the Rangers win second or third i do think they got one of those spots um the devils are gonna be good like i think they're gonna be sneakily good like uh i mean they get a goalie they're competitive mm-hmm. they're, they're very quietly you know rebuilding very nicely they're not gonna they're not there's no way they're gonna beat the ranger we anyway i then the penguins are gonna be very good because they have sid the kid who you know hall of famer it's not really a kid anymore <laughs> said the said the grown man. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that that's yeah. Uh, you know they're gonna be competitive. Um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to, sorry, I kept on. I only heard like one speaker in my headphones. Um, what how else? old is Sid the kid? Let's see. I think he's like 36. Yes, he is. He is not a kid anymore. He's a uh, you know he can vote, he can drive and stuff. So the, I, he can vote kid. and drive for a while. He's 35. He's in his 17th NHL season. So. What's crazy is, like, the whole Ovechkin-Crosby thing. Uh, Crosby has mo- almost as many points as Ovechkin, but Ovechkin has, like, 150 more games played, mm. which is absolutely That's insane. Funny. Which shows you how many how dominant Ovechkin is when scoring, but it just shows mm-hmm. you how well-rounded Crosby is and how mm-hmm. much I can't stand Sidney Crosby, even though he's very talented. You know, he's a top-ten player of all time. Yeah. Um, the Devils, I think, could stick it to a wild-card spot. I do, I do believe that. But there's no way they're going to surpass the Rangers and, the, the, and Igor the Czar. It's not mm-hmm. gonna happen. That's my two cents. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm like over here reading your essay. <laughs> yeah, it's my, my <laughs> Abraham Lincoln essay. <laughs> just like ignore me while I'm doing. This. <laughs> I was wondering what you're looking at. I was like, like, like kind of curious what you're doing. What, what it looked like on there. <laughs> it took me a while to to write it. I mean, the, the first essay is actually because I had two prompts, right? The first essay, I was like, all right, this is my plan. I've got a plan. I'm gonna stick to the plan. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a good plan. 
Mm -hmm. But in the second essay, I did not have a shot in the dark. I was better off vomiting into my computer. Yeah. And then I eventually wrote like a little bit one night. I have I have to work on essays like a little bit every day mm -hmm. because I have to write all of it to get like the two thousand words. And then once I get that, I have to rewrite it. But I have mm -hmm. to like get those words to like work with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think for this prompt, like I, I, I think that Lincoln follows is like one of the like easiest things to do for this prompt. Mm -hmm. But it also like I, I feel like it's something that how do I put this? Because it is so obvious is like Lincoln is one of the ones you do for it that uh it would also be like you'd have to get a lot more granular, you know? Right. You gotta like bring up examples. Yeah, you like, you, you gotta bring up like a lot of more specific examples. Whereas you can go with a bunch of other presidents and like probably and obviously we have not explained what the prompt is and I'm not going to. No, please do um Professor Geisler. <laughs> but I, I think if you got like a number of other presidents, you can get like one issue from their presidency that basically yeah. defines it historically mm -hmm. and like dive a little bit into that one issue. But I feel like for Lincoln you have to like kinda go kind of deep into a lot of different things just because like even if you go into like one thing in particular you'd have to go like super deep into it and that's something that still probably has like a lot of like history and like people thinking about it not to mention like other people in the class doing the same thing mm -hmm. like something i think figured out and uh this is partly just come from like i have i have now graded <laughs> papers oh um, you're a ta no i i teach a figs um figs first year interest group seminar there you go um i don't really do anything in grading the paper i'm just like did you do it yeah um but <laughs> you you have to um like it, as someone reading the papers when different people say the same thing then you're able you, you do still mentally compare them to each other whereas if someone does something completely different you at least get to go okay that's kind of there, there's some ingenuity in picking something different i'm not saying that you're doing like a bad job on this paper i haven't read any of this paper i'm like i'm not trying to i'm not trying to shade you on no, this paper or anything but i i'm just saying like i i think i think it's an interesting thing to choose what what class is this for <laughs> why are we diving so deep into this <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is great. Uh, I'm taking an American. I do not want to read the prompt. Yeah, no, don't read the prompt. I am not I think it's reading. It's funnier not to read the prompt. I also don't want to have a case of academic dishonesty. Yeah. So I am not reading the prompt for the record. Yeah. No, don't read the prompt. I, is, I, I, I'm not in this class. I haven't taken anything related to this. So I have no idea what the class this even is. So the class is for American presidency. Okay, that Based, makes a lot of sense. So, so we like. I know, would have expected it. Like I, I would have expected something more like poli sci, but. I, I guess took, this makes sense as well. I took a poli sci class last year. It was all right. Mm -hmm. It was I learned a lot. It was more are you like, like a, a are you like a history? I'm a history minor. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Because I want I love history, but I also like I'm I'm trying to make money. So no, like. that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that, that, that's kind of how I approach it as well. Where it's like I I, I minor in like uh, cinema studies. Okay. Where it's like I like taking a lot of these film classes and I get to see a lot of like kind of interesting films and learn more about that history. But I, I don't think that's going to be like my job in the future. I just like yeah, learning yeah. about this kind of thing. So I would love to like teach history when I'm retired. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Because I love like I love history and I love like talking about stuff that's like interesting. Yeah. You'd be like one of those like really fun history teachers yeah. at a high school. Yeah, I get that yeah, a lot. definitely high school like, level. A lot of sports, like a like a chaotic sports fan. Yeah, yeah. Like, Mets flags up. Yeah, yeah. The Rangers yeah, yeah. win the cup. I'll, win, I'll wear like a Ranger suit. Mm -hmm. You'd be like the teacher that they like, <coughs> like get involved in all of like the pep rally events. They'll have yes. you like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'll probably lose my hair. I'm like. 48. <laughs> I'm like 6'6. Six, six. I'm like skinny as heck. I'm like, what's going on, guys? I wore a Santa suit like around the Christmas time. 
my one my uh, my my uh, teachers in high school. He used to wear like a Buddy the Elf costume every year mm-hmm. around the Christmas time. That's he, good. That's really I, good. I had a Santa suit because my dad used to be, be Santa for our family when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, this is a good idea because they had like a like a like a Christmas dress down day. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. well, I'm Santa Claus. So mm-hmm. I had a pillowcase. I filled it to the brim with candy canes. Oh, that's really good. And I just handed out candy canes. That's so funny. That's and, so good. And I went to this guy's class. His name is uh, Mr. Bresnick. Shout out, Mr. Bresnick. Mm-hmm. Great, loved your class. Nice guy. Um, and he was Buddy the Elf. And like he, you know, you ever see Elf? I'm sure you've all seen Elf, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, "Who are you?" I'm like I'm Santa Claus. He was like. No, you're not. And like, <laughs> he like, and we did the scene, <laughs> and people like came in. It was wild. It was so That's much fun. That's really good. It was hilarious. That's really good. It was so goofy. That's a that's a that's a pretty good bit. <laughs> I like that a lot. I do too. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Look at Jose Ramirez, young thick. Yes. Or I guess old, not so not so young thick. <laughs> Just for the context, it's the bottom of the ninth now with two outs. Glaber Torres is up. Yankees have the winning run at first. Aaron Judge is 0 for 5 with four strikeouts. He has not had the best series. But uh, we'll take a quick break and come back for 10 more minutes in hour one. When we come back, I want to talk a little WRSU fantasy football as the Yankees ground into the third out. They're going to be going to extras in the Bronx. But for Arnav Sarkar, John Harton, and Dennis Geisler, I'm Eddie Kalegi. You're listening to the WRSU crew on 88.7 FM.